everybody and welcome to the Red Ned Show where it's always morning even in the afternoon. I am your host Jay Edgar and the person over to the left of the screen isn't the person that you're probably used to seeing here but uh, due to some personal uh, life things and a meeting that was going to be happening at the same time I have a guest over here today so welcoming back to the channel and for the first time over on the Red Ned Show I will welcome Silent Caster. Kevin Caster how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. How are you? How are you today? It's good. I had a little bit of a frustrating day. I actually have my audio platform back because I switched it off my credit card today, but that took a 40-minute phone call with my bank, which I was not very happy about. Did you know that uh, BMO Harris Bank actually has uh, Podbean blacklisted? No, I did not, but found that <laughs> now <today>. I do. <laughs> Yeah, I found that one out today. That was an interesting conversation. They No explanation why, but uh, I sent a help desk ticket out there to have them try and figure it out because, yeah, I can't go without uh, my audio platform. There are a lot of people that like that uh, very, very much. They like to sit down and listen to this on the go and crank it up to two times speed. And even though I'm behind on that, they still like to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've got a bunch of stuff to get to today. I don't know if you looked over on the uh, on the itinerary at all or not, but uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to get to, and I've actually, we got to try and hold it to two hours because I've got a hard out tonight. Usually it's the woman on the left that's got the hard out, but uh, I've got a hard out tonight because I'm also going to be on Call Me Ignorant later on tonight. Stephen Ignorant, Mr. Show, talking about Kenosha, the aftermath, and what the next step is for my former hometown. So we'll be talking about that a bit later tonight. You and I are going to be talking a bit about that today as we look over the Gage Groyskritz interview and uh, I've got some video of that so we'll be uh, having a conversation about that. Let's see what do we have on the agenda today. It looks like uh, we'll be talking about this uh, Politico piece that just came out yesterday in which uh, we've determined that even if Trump cured cancer they would find a way to be against that as well. The Pentagon is set to take some more troops out of Iraq so we'll talk a bit about what ha what's happening there and how uh, our president's relationship is with the leadership of the military, which is getting precarious at this point. Uh, Compton, there was a big shooting that happened over there this weekend. So we'll talk a bit about mm -hmm. what happened there, what's happening next, and the reward to go out and try to find the shooter. Speaking of the riots, the Rochester police brass has all resigned en masse this past week. So we'll talk a bit about what happened there. And as teased, we will watch portions of the Gage Groyskurtz interview with CNN and add our thoughts into this. Uh, 
China is coming out with a COVID vaccine and they're flaunting it around the world. So we'll talk a bit about that. Plus, Joy Behar and Kamala Harris have both said they won't take a Trump vaccine as long as the vaccine comes out while Trump is, off, is in office. Uh, we'll talk about the reason that my Red Sox flag is no longer hanging up behind me. And end it today with a video that I can only describe as simp stupidity and mass. <laughs> it is going to be all of this and more over on the Red Net Show. Thank you for checking us out over on YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. And if you're over on Facebook, hit in one of the links above you. Get into the live chat in whichever other platform you choose so we can read your live chat because we do read live chat in between topics. We will take all questions and answer them to the best of our ability. And if you can't catch us live or you're just catching us for a moment at the beginning, you can also take us on the go, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, which I will get caught back up with now that I have my account back open here. So go ahead and check us out, all my other shows over there as well. Lastly, you can check our episodes out along with the generational gap the freckles and brit show the r-rated conservative the breakdown with birkenhoff and Stephen ignoramus where i will be later on tonight as well over on freedomscoop.com it will be your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs you can find all of us you can pick up some of our swag and you can help us support great creators and find some new opinions that you probably didn't even know that you needed so I usually don't have to ask about uh, the person over on my left, but you are back here returning from the Ed's World episodes. But tell us a bit about yourself for the people who have joined up since Elaine has joined the show. Sure. So uh, what I do is I, I usually stream a lot of uh, video game speed runs, um, but I also do a uh, monthly or semi-monthly talk show where uh, usually Harvey, is, Harvey McLeod, uh, which is also a friend of uh, the show, uh, is... Uh, will co-host with me and we'll either interview some people or have a panel on that would uh, discuss current events and whatnot. Um, don't have a lot of social media. Uh, I, can't, I don't, I can't keep up with it, but yeah. I do. Uh, I, you know, that's, that's the extent of what I do. And uh, uh, I tend to, you know, just so you know, I tend to lean right on a lot of issues. So um, that's me. That is you. And you are actually here on a special recommendation from Harvey McLeod. I oh. reached out to her on Saturday, so I want to give some thanks out to that. I'd reached out to her on Saturday after I lost both of my panelists for the roundtable I was going to have on uh, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And the first suggestion she made was, uh, hey, can you get uh, Kevin back on? Because I'm really interested to see the dialogue between the two of you again. So, All right. Special welcome in for that as well. And she um, is listening. So. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell us, because you are semi-monthly into the politics, but you're also a streamer on your own right as well, just for video games and whatnot. Tell us how you got into that kind of lifestyle. And it is a lifestyle, I can tell you, after doing this for three years. Yeah. Uh, so what I what I did was about, um, actually, I joined up on Twitch like seven years ago, but it was about um, three years ago, or four years ago, I should say, that I really started streaming, actually. And... Um, the reason I got into it was because uh, I had always thought it was um, like kind of just like I didn't really know what Twitch was. It was just like a where you kind of show like certain um, content, you know, that's video game related. Um, but then I, I started uh, actually checking out more channels and whatnot. All right, folks, we are back here. Uh, looks like I dropped a connection for a half a second and it kicked me off. So hopefully... Uh... We'll pick back up with the new YouTube link. There is going to be a new uh, YouTube link out here, and I will uh, 
be stringing this back together as we go as well. So, yeah, sorry about that, everybody, for uh, dropping the connection there. But you were telling us how you got into the lifestyle of uh, live streaming here. So why don't you uh, start that one up from the top? Because I think that's just about the time that I saw the red uh, indicator pop up on the bottom of OBS. All right. Absolutely. So what happened was back in, uh, I actually joined Twitch back in like 2013 and I was watching um, just one particular video game and we had events on it, um, you know, just within our group. And I realized like maybe after about two years, like, oh, this site actually does other stuff too. <laughs> so I started looking at the, um, I started looking at the other uh, content on it. And one of the things that I saw was people were speed running like older classic games, which I really love. Um, and I was like, oh, that looks really fun. So I decided to join and just started uh, building an audience. And then I, as much as I love speed running, I also just wanted to add something to my channel that was a little bit more than gaming. Um, because a lot of people, I, I do have a blog, for instance, um, and I, I started wanting to do a little bit more um, content that wasn't just gaming because I'm not a huge gamer at heart. So I wanted to, and so that's when I started the month, uh, semi-monthly talk show is about, about a year after I started the blog. So, and I've, Checked out your uh, semi-monthly talk show. It's uh, really good. We talked. Uh, I tried to get you guys to talk about Gamer Girl the last time uh, you guys streamed, but neither one of you knew what uh, was going on with that one. There, I did get to get an answer out of Harvey because we had mm -hmm. her on uh, for a pre-recorded interview the actual following weekend. So, yeah, maybe I'll awesome. uh, maybe I'll uh, get you in the ribs on that one a little bit later on in the show. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. I don't know if you've had a chance to check into that one or not, but. No, not yet. I'm going to be honest, not yet. No, I haven't. So I know I mentioned it as a simp simulator when uh, when I was first talking mm -hmm. about it, but uh remember that. We have got to get into the news here. So let's uh go check out see what we've got going on here. Uh first off, let's check in with the chat here. Elephant Man is over here right off at the top. Uh says Joe Rogan is going to host a 4-hour presidential debate. I don't know if that is confirmed yet or not, but I know that he has been talking about it throughout the week, and uh, that hasn't been on uh, anybody's list as far as I know here. Har uh, Seawall is over here with his half-track. Harvey McLeod is okay, and now I'm here. Uh, nothing of value was lost. Uh, watching trains go by showed up here. Says Elephant for real, or are you just wishing that Joe Rogan in a four-hour hosting capacity? Watching the first de presidential debate while the host smokes up both candidates. That would be good. Yeah. Let's see Trump and Biden high in debating. Nephilim Ninja asks if that is official. Uh, Alpha Man says Rogan offered, and Trump said absolutely. Still waiting for Biden to wake up. Uh, watching trains go by says yay. Uh, Wyatt from the breakdown with Birkenhoff is there, and Harvey McLeod also says yay. So let's get on into the news. Before we get into any of it, though, before we get into this dreadful article that I wanted to make sure that we talked about, I do want to touch on a couple things that aren't in this week's uh, roundup today. So we are not going to talk about uh, the Woodward tapes because I don't fucking give a fuck. I don't care at all. Mm -hmm. If Woodward had such dirt on Trump, why did he wait six months to do it? Because according to him, he had this all the way back in February. This is nothing but a politically convenient hit job. Well, he's, he's pretty quick, actually, because NBC waited 11 years. So, you know. <laughs> that is true. Um, cuties, we will not be talking about that because I don't care. Everybody has argued that yeah. to death. Nobody can come to any consensus, and no amount of discussion between you and I 
is going to change anybody's mind at this point on that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What's the other big one? Uh, the Senate bill from California that passed. I've talked it to death. Nothing changes. Here's the breakdown of that. If a gay guy rapes a kid consensually, then he might not get the uh, sex offender registry list, but he's going to take every other penalty that comes along with that. That's the end of that one. That's all that's there. So I did not put any of these up on the list for the week because these topics were talked to death completely. Mm -hmm. But what I did want to talk about to start off with before we get into any of the news is this Politico piece. And I don't know if you got a chance to read into this one or not. I did. But Politico put out on Saturday morning, I believe, a piece here that says, and it's title, and I knew what was going to be in this as soon as I saw the title. The flip side of Trump's eviction ban, landlords face big crunch. Landlords are dealing with a dramatic drop in income, facing the prospect of either trying to sell their property or going into debt. So I'm going to read just a little bit of this. Katie O'Donnell brings us to us to or from Politico. The White House's move to ban evictions across the country during the coronavirus crisis is having an unattended side effect. It's threatening the livelihood of millions of landlords. And that's where I'm going to stop reading. Because everything that you need to know about this article, and I have read it top to bottom off of this, is right there in that paragraph. Orange man bad. Yeah. Exactly. I read I read the whole article as well. And basically what it states is, you know, uh, well, Trump, you know, it, it was it, it kind of gave like one paragraph of praise in there. Oh, it's great that Trump is extending the, the moratorium through the end of the year. But, you know, but what is he going to do about the landlords, um, you know, that want to or that can't. uh you know, make income and that's going to essentially, you know, we have to, we have to give the, the renters like, you know, they don't want to pay back rent, which I kind of agree with. I don't know if anybody here has seen, uh, if you ever seen um, the kids show, the big comfy couch, I used to babysit my niece years ago and like, mm-hmm. she was really into that show. Yeah, my sister <laughs> so, liked that one too. That was like brand yeah. new when my sister was uh, about that age range. It was just mm-hmm. after I was in that age range, but it was like right in the age range for my sister. Yeah. Um, oh, and and Harvey's. By the way, Harvey's telling me she can only hear me, or she can only hear us through my channel. So I don't know if there's some audio issues on the other channels, um, but that's what Harvey's telling me. So hmm, just so you sure. know, let me keep talking just before I go on, <laughs> or talking. I can go on. Um, but uh, anyway, at the end of every big comfy couch episode, she stands on the couch and she says, who made this big mess? And of course the camera zooms in on her because it's her that made the mess. And then she cleans it by putting stuff in the couch and behind the couch and, you know, anyway. and this is how like the government intervention has really worked is it, they shut everything down and then they said, oh, people can't work anymore. So now we have to, we have to delay their, their rent. Uh, and then, oh, well, the landlords can't pay. And then, oh, even when they pay that, now the government has to put all this money into it so that the banks get flushed with cash because money money printer go burr. Yeah. And all of a sudden, interest rates go way up, so no investments are being made. And it's just, it's just, you know, they're always going to say Orange Man bad because mm-hmm. any angle, no matter what he does, he's always going to be. Uh, 
or doesn't do, I should say, too. Well, and the thing that gets me about this article especially is just how much disdain that there was for landlords at the beginning of all this when the first eviction moratoriums were coming out. It was, mm -hmm. well, just let us cancel rent. Just cancel rent entirely and just let us squ essentially squat for free because every landlord is evil. In fact, it was just a month ago. It was last month where I was having a discussion with somebody a few people, because I commented in a thread where a young woman said, well, I pay rent. That means I should be part owner of my apartment or my apartment building. I got into that discussion. So the discussion of landlords are evil was legitimately only a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. And now suddenly everybody cares about the landlords. <laughs> well, yeah, because once once they're the ones being hurt, then we have an angle to go after to go after Trump and the Trump administration and all the horribleness of them, you know, the coronavirus affecting the economy when it wasn't really, when Trump keeps saying reopen, reopen, reopen. So, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, I, well, I don't know. And I don't know how you feel about the closures that we still have going on at this point, because I don't know, I've been to Florida and it didn't seem like anybody cared when I was down there. Now, mind you, that was back in June before they started pushing this whole second wave bullshit and mask requirements every single place that you go. But I don't know, it's, we're ready to open back up. And I mean, okay, if you get up into like Milwaukee County, they care about the mask mandate. If you get up into Dane County where state capital is, they care about the man, uh, mask mandate. Here in Rock County, which is for the most part very rural, except for one big city, Janesville. Nobody gives two fucks about the mask mandate. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, here in Florida, I live in Tampa, which is um, run by a uh, not not a not a extreme far left mayor, but a pretty pretty left mayor. And uh, you know, there's a mask mandate here. Pretty much every big city has has a mask mandate here in Florida. Um, but it's funny because like, if you go anywhere outside of the, the city, it's very much like, I, I went to a gas station in Leesburg the other day and um, not, nobody was wearing, not one person yeah. in that gas. And that was a big truck stop gas station. And same when I went to Daytona, you know, like nobody was, nobody was doing it. And it's just, it's just uh, at some point, the, the onus to protect yourself falls on the um the person that is worried about it in my opinion so. yeah mm -hmm. well it's the same thing i mean around here all the uh all the different corporate uh places like the festival foods the woodman's the big corporate like the target they've all got an individual mask mandate aside from the state the state put one down but for the most part i think we're all starting to turn on our governor <laughs> and yeah i can yeah. go down to the butcher shop down the road and go buy meat for the week because I've been doing keto and uh, I spend mm -hmm. a lot of money in that place. And no, yeah. they never they never say a word about it. And half the time mm -hmm. I go in there, I mean, they've got handkerchiefs or whatnot around their neck and not <laughs> around favorite, their face. My favorite are the people that wear it around their chin. Like, you know, when they're just like walking around, I'm like, oh, so you just have a new accessory. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, if you go and open this all back up, get all of this back in mm -hmm. and get people back to work so they don't have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Now, I do understand 
that the people who were furloughed and that have eviction, uh, eviction moratoriums on them, they are going to have to come up with sometimes six months of back rent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is going to suck out loud. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, that it it is going to it is going to suck um that being said uh had they worked you know i mean landlords are not you know usually not dumb i'm not going to say all of them are but you know having government intervention work with landlords versus individuals working with their landlords if the landlord evicts someone they know it's going to take months in a pandemic if the if the economy is shut down even if there was no moratorium, it's yeah. going to take months or years, possibly. Um, and the thing is, is, is you are so much more on an even playing field because why is a landlord, you know, they, yeah, sure, they can evict you. But if you're someone that's actually trying to pay rent, that's saying, hey, I can make a mm-hmm. payment arrangement with you. What is the guarantee that the next person they're going to get in is not going to have the, you know, the same, so... I don't, I, I understand it. Like, I understand it is going to suck for them, but government intervention in the first place, I think is the wrong, was, was the wrong move to play. And now they have to keep cleaning up the mess that they just made, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, because I mean, the, the landlords are going to be probably, they're going to be six months behind in their mortgage, mm-hmm. which of course there's a, a foreclosure moratorium along with the eviction moratorium right now. So, I mean, they're, they're good, but. You know what happens once they lift all this stuff and now they're six months behind or however the hell long it's going to be well i don't know if it's in the the docket today but nancy pelosi is um holding up a bill well actually her spokesperson was saying she's holding up a bill um to provide to provide another relief package because it's not enough she wanted at least 2.5 trillion and because because Republicans aren't willing to give that, then that's just a no-go, I guess, in general. Yeah, I wanted to put that on there today, but it just, with everything else that was going on this week, yeah. I didn't, I actually, we might have to cut some of this stuff, too. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at this right now, I'm just looking over at the clock, and I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. There was so much, I mean, it started off slow, like the first two days of last week, like, uh, eh, okay, eh, okay, we'll have another slow yeah. uh, Red Net show, and then, boom, Thursday <laughs> hit, and everything just started happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I just, I wanted to touch on that because, and because Elaine works on the Jorgensen campaign, I did actually want to touch on this with her just a little bit too, because I really do think that, I mean, Jorgensen or any other outsider that would come in because Jorgensen's never held a political office that I know of either would probably Mm -hmm. be facing a lot of the same things. Well, yeah, Given Now, I don't think that Jorgensen herself would have signed in an eviction moratorium. I don't think that that's her style of anything, but just same situation, same circumstances, same everything else. Mm-hmm. The media is not going to treat an outsider fairly. I don't think we'd even be seeing this if that sleepy skeleton Jeb Bush got the fuck into office. <laughs> no, they they would probably be. I mean, they wouldn't be kind to him, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything like this. So. so that's what I have on this one here. I want to get into some of the actual news mm-hmm. that happened this week, not just an opinion piece off of this, but this was that, that was something that piqued my interest and I wanted to touch on here. One of the big ones that happened this week that I was actually fairly impressed with is that he's trying. He is desperately trying right now to fulfill a campaign promise, but 
Trump and the Pentagon are set up to announce a plan to withdraw more tr uh, U.S. troops from Iraq. Now, just briefly here from Fox News, uh, President Trump and the Pentagon have a plan to announce a reduction of U.S. troop levels from 5,200 to about 3,500, a senior defense official told Fox News. The coordinated announcement is expected sometimes Wednesday, and the Iraqis are aware of the decision are, and are on board, according to the officials. So, now I've been hearing a lot of things coming off of libertarian circles, especially, saying, well, if Joe was the president, she would just bring them all home right now. And I don't believe that's possible, unfortunately. I would love to see every single troop come home next yep. year. Absolutely. Just get them all home. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do it anymore by the end of this year because it's already September. But one thing that I do, and I've pointed out to a lot of people about this, is now the Donald has been trying tooth and nail to get this to, hap get this to happen. And if we remember 10,000 years ago to January at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, in January, there was a plan to make a peace deal with the Afghani government, the Taliban, to get almost all of our troops out of Afghanistan, ending 20 years of occupation in that, uh, in that country. And now we're seeing this one here. But keep in mind that there are a lot of people who are going to lose a lot of money sitting in Congress mm -hmm. if we start pulling troops home. But what have you seen on this story so far? So... As you said, he has been trying to he has been trying to withdraw troops for quite a long time. And it was funny because at the at the it's funny how he's turned a lot of the, uh, you know, different opinions from the Democrats to um, almost like a pro-war stance. Like they don't want to they don't want to uh, kind of they, they they're criticizing him because of the instability in the region. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I would I would agree with you that that it's not something that that, you know, um, Joe Jorgensen or um, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or anybody is going to be able to to bring them to bring them home. Um, there is, as you said, a lot of war companies that profit off of uh, bombs, guns, planes, you know, everything. Um, and so you have to play a lot of politics. Um, and so he has drastically reduced the amount of troops um since he's been in since he's been in office mm -hmm. um i i think that i have i've thought it was a bad idea since uh bush has been in office um and that for for us to for us to be over there it, uh in the general sense um i'm, I'm happy to see it um but I, as you said I, I don't think it's gonna be easy you know night and day well yeah and i mean it's some of the things that I look at with this now, and keep in mind the fact that, you know, people like Kamala, like Biden, even like Hillary and Barack would all campaign under normal, uh, normal circumstances on, we're going to end the war. We're going to end the war. It's only these fox stick war hawks like John McCain and George W. <laughs> yeah. Bush. And what, what was the dude that ran against Obama the second time? I can't think of this. I could see his ugly fucking face. I cannot think of his name. <laughs> Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney. That's it. <laughs> I could see his slick back game show hair, and I could not think of his name. And I was thinking an H name, too, and I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> but, yeah, all these war hawks out there like this, and that's they were the ones that wanted to stay at a war, and all the people that are out there are, you know, well, we hate John Bolton because he's a war hawk, and we're going to end all the wars. Now, they love John Bolton. Mm -hmm. They love John Bolton now. Yep. 
they, they even love Bush now because, you know, <laughs> which I think of how much they criticized him yes. uh, and, and most of it rightfully so. But but the, the amount that they criticized him uh, was, was tremendous. And now they're buddy buddy with him. Um, so, yeah, and it's. And they can also and one of the other things that came out in the argument some of the arguments I've had on Twitter is the fact that, yes, okay, the commander-in-chief 100% can say, okay, we're done, go home. But there is a sheer cost to bringing them home, the transport, the fuel, the carriers. Mm -hmm. Every, I mean, you don't just snap your fingers and everybody appears back on the shore. This isn't, I don't know, Civilization IV or whatever the hell. This isn't like that. There is money tied up into that, and Congress with the power of the purse, does have to approve the money that it takes to get them across the ocean and back onto U.S. soil. And that's where they're going to hold this up. Not to mention, you know, with with military personnel, they are contracted to work with the government. So they're essentially into a contract. So if you bring all those people home, you have to find something for them to do. So, and I understand that, you know, we're going to get into the riots a little bit, but Trump has not declared an insurrection act. So there has to be something for them to do when they get home. And, you know, is, is that, is that plausible right now? That may or may not be, but I'm not in that position to know. No. And I do understand too, like over in, on the European side of things, I mean, we're closing bases, uh, taking all the troops out of Germany, but it's a reshuffle. They're just shuffling them out to different places. Uh, they took a lot of the troops out of Germany, and they're putting them up for a war exercise over on Lithuania, which we talked about last week, because uh, there's not such a peaceful transfer of power going on in one of the uh, the Balkan states. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a little bit more, it's a little less training and a little bit more of, hey, look at all this, all these shiny tanks that we have sitting over here. Mm-hmm. A little bit more, like, intimidation factor, you'd say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on top of trying to bring uh, the Warriors home, he stepped in his mouth, the Donald did, or stepped on his own uh, feet, rather, the Donald did this past week. Now, of course, we already heard the story about Trump saying that he hates all the troops and he thinks that they're losers because he doesn't want to go up to the cemetery. And even the Warhawks, like Bolton, had said, no, that's not true. Um, I was standing there. He didn't say any of that. But he got up and he decided that he wanted to talk. And... Honestly, every time that Trump gets up to a microphone without a teleprompter in front of him, we all do need to be scared, especially those of us who don't want Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to win the presidency. Because he says things. As Ben Shapiro says, when when Donald Trump dies, it's going to say this on his tombstone, 45th president of the United States said a bunch of stuff. And he <laughs> says stuff. So Yes, he does. Uh, I got a CNN article up here. Trump launches unprecedented attack on the military leadership. He appointed President Trump launched an unprecedented public attack against the leadership of the U.S. military on Monday, accusing them of waging wars to boost the profits of defense manufacturing companies. I'm not saying the military is in love with me. The soldiers are. The top people in the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but fight wars. So all those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. Trump told the reporters at the White House news conference. Now, he's probably right on this, but it probably didn't do him any favors to say it out loud. 
anything you have to say on this one? Well, it probably, for one thing, I, I don't know if this is actually a favor to Trump, but but it probably does shore up his base a little bit because a lot of his base, um, especially lately, are, uh, you know, we're more moderate, more libertarian types that kind of that kind of join the the right. Um, and so it probably did shore up his base. At the same time, it solidified the wall between, you know, him and his opposition um, because it gave them some ammunition to say, oh, look, Trump hates our military, even though he wasn't speaking about the troops. But when you when somebody kind of looks at that, they look at the headline of that and they don't necessarily look into the details of what he said, oh, yeah. of course of course that can be attacked. Um, you know, Trump hates our military. Look at, look at what he said on Twitter. He said he loves our military and turns around and hate, you know, well, in, in Trump's mind, he's probably attacking the swamp, but again, a lot of people don't more so like with Washington, you can kind of say a lot of the senators, a lot of the people, the, the house of representatives, a lot of the people that have been there for many, many years, you can call them the swamp and, and people will kind of get that. They don't, necessarily get that as much about the military because you don't hear as much about that particular aspect of it so again i think it's i think it's like it's just it, it does shore up his base a little bit but it it just it anybody that was kind of on the fence it could repel them and that could hurt him. that's what could hurt him well and the thing with this too and i mean i made this analogy when i read about these two stories, the last ones that we talked about over on Contemporary, is the fact, I mean, it's no secret that the military-industrial comp complex exists. It is not mm -hmm. a secret at all. No. I mean, they've made a movie about it, a major cinematic performance about that. I mean, that was the plot of Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Tony Stark had a change of heart, and he stopped making military weapons. But keep in mind that he got rich. As long as people were fighting wars. What was that Nicolas Cage movie that was this? All right, we're back. For those of you on the alternative platforms here, and uh, those of you over on YouTube, you should probably get on one of the alternative platforms because those will come up on the same link automatically. And yes, we are going to have some Fs in the chat over this one here. Um, <laughs> I got to get the live chat back up uh, for you guys so we can go and check that out. I do have the monitor down here so I could see it, but. Uh, yeah, uh, as we were saying uh, in the midst of the reconnection there, that uh, yes, we are sitting at a point where Spectrum is screwing with me left and right. So uh, we will be watching that there. But those of you over on YouTube, once you're back in, if you want to hit on the DLive or the Twitch link that are below you, those will automatically reload for you. Uh, YouTube will not. It will just make a new link on the new stream. But hey, watching trains go by popped back in. Let's uh let's see what's up with this. Uh, Ron, we are back in, by the way. So anyway, um, yeah, this was pretty much the plot of Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if it exists and you can make money off of it, of course, there's going to be people that that are going to want to do that, and there's going to be interests and lobbyists and everybody else that are going to be able to twist it into. You know, there's something, there's a righteous cause that we need to essentially go and fight for. Um, the U.S. has been at war, I, I think I was, re like, for what? I think it was, like, it might have been over 90, but I know it was over 80% of its existence has been in some kind of war. So it's very, 
it's incredibly um it, it's it, like you said it's not a secret and it's something that is definitely uh you know lining the pockets of not only not only you know the people at the top but there's a lot of people that work in that industry as well mm -hmm. so you know um unfortunately there is a consumer interest in it um but it's you know it is what it is i guess yeah and I mean, the military brass, I do want to see pissed off at the president. That, To me, that means he's doing something right. Mm -hmm. But once again, it's it's the people that were on the fence that can be easily swayed to say, well, no, we do need to get down there. We need to hold the Middle East. If we don't, they might take out Israel. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is for this. All that I know, all that I do know is that there is, there are a lot of people, like I said at, when I talked about bringing the troops home, there are a lot of people that are going to make a lot of money as long as mm -hmm. we stay at war. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do want to take a second here and talk about one of the biggest middle fingers to the anti-Trump sentiment in Washington, D.C. right now. Now, I have a story from the first one, but uh, breaking news over the last weekend that I didn't uh, wasn't able to get up into the news feed. So you probably did found this out on your own research rather than the links that I put in the document. But uh, of course, we all remember that Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by a Norwegian official citing the Israel-UAE peace deal. Well, over the weekend, they did it again. This time <laughs> over the uh, um, Kosovo and uh, Serbia deal. A Swedish official this time now has also nominated Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize. So he's been nominated twice for the Nobel Peace Prize coming up this year. I don't yep. think he's going to get it. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> but the fact I really that don't. he's been nominated at this point has got to be just the biggest fuck you to the swamp creatures and the people that are trying to run against him right now. Yeah, um... She's saying uh, you might be frozen again on Twitch. So, um, but I just wanted to, uh, the, the way that, that I, the thing is, is that he's going to, you know, <laughs> it was funny because the Atlantic was actually saying, well, it doesn't even matter. It should just be, it should just be disposed of anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's antiquated and, and all this. And it's like, you're just saying that, you, you were praising Obama when he won it, you know, like, a few years ago. And you're just saying that because now it's Trump. It's like, yeah. how how obvious can it not, or is it, that, that you would say that now? Like, it's just... Well, yeah, absolutely. And they're going on from the fact of, okay, well, the Nobel Peace Prize was this austere, austere wonderful thing when Obama won it for pretty much getting elected while black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mince words about that. That's what he won this for. Mm -hmm. yep. And now that Trump has been nominated twice, now they want to disband this whole thing and get rid of it all. Yeah. So yep. I don't... I don't know what the deal is. I really don't. But they uh, definitely... I don't... What do you have to say on this one? I'm, I'm speechless right now. Well, I know what the deal is. They, 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 uh, they're, they're upset that he is actually being recognized by other nations. And so they have to downplay it as much as possible. 
uh, because it is an election year. I mean, if this was 2018, it may not be as big of a story. Um, certainly wasn't back back when he was uh, nominated before, but it it is now because um, this is something that he he and his campaign can use. Um, and unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I mean, Joe Biden really doesn't have a lot of that behind him. Um, you know, a lot of recognition that's happening. I mean, even his own base isn't really fired up about him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it is something that that again feeds Trump's base, um, and it could it could sway independence to say, well, you know. They're talking, you know, I've always been I've always been wanting peace and whatnot. Uh, and Trump's being no nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice. Uh, so they have to downplay it as much as possible to try to, you know, keep keep people in their camp, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that it's that they don't want peace. They just don't want the orange man to give the peace. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So. That's what I'm off of this. Uh, let's see. I've got one more here that I want to... i got two more here I want to touch on here before we uh, get on with the chat break and see if we can catch up with the rest of the chat coming up in here. But uh, I know this has been an argument, and now the Senate is coming back into play, and we've seen the same map going around saying, well, the evil white slave owners may mean that uh, there should be the same number of senators for all of California as there is in the list like 26 other states. Or whatever the hell it is over there. Yeah. So that map is coming out here. But uh, Senator Ben Sass made a very controversial but probably very good point about the Senate here. So I'm reading here from Newsmax. Senator Sass, time to repeal the amendment on Senate elections. Uh, Senator Ben Sass on Tuesday called for the repeal of the 17th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which requires U.S. Senators to be elected by popular votes in each state because of the Senate's growing bipartisan decision. What would the Founding Fathers think of America if they came back to life? Sass wrote an opinion piece for the Wall Street Journal. I suspect they'd be stunned by the deformed structure of our government. The Congress they envisioned is all but dead. And honestly, that's true. So just a little bit of a history lesson for everybody in case uh, they forgot. The Senate was never supposed to be the body that was elected by the people directly. The Senate was supposed to be state legislatures were sending in delegation to members for each state to represent the state's interests to the federal government and the House of Representatives was meant to represent the people directly to the federal government. And now we're sitting back in a place where both the House and the Senate are representing the people directly. What are your thoughts on the 17th Amendment and getting this uh, changed? Well, I, I understand, I, I would say, both sides. I, I know it's been conservatives, actually, that have been uh, mostly wanting to repeal it um, traditionally. Um, I would say that um, I prefer it, especially in our new, you know, now that, now that uh, Trump has come in and, and shaken up a lot of the... I guess the old chains, so to speak, um, you know, in the in the Senate and the House. I, I I guess I prefer a popular vote because there's a lot more people that are entering the arena, um, wanting to get a political voice heard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you if you have uh, you know a state like California, um, you know, you've got 
53 people, uh, I believe, what, nine Republicans or so um, are in their are in their House of Representatives. Uh, you're going to you're going to get to at least moderately left, uh, you know, senators every single time. And mm-hmm. same is going to happen in a state like, you know, uh, Wyoming, which has one one, you know, representative. They're going to they're going to, uh, you know, always that person is going to be responsible for selecting two of the. Uh, the senators uh, that are going to be in the in the body. So I kind of like it more as a popular vote because it gives more people to, uh, I guess, a chance to be heard. Um, but I'm kind of like 60-40 on the issue. I probably could be swayed. Um, but... Well, and the thing with California, too, and that's the one that they love to point out the fact that, oh, well, there's only two senators for California and there's 40 million people there. Well... The reality is, is that there are 40 million people that live in California and Los Angeles and Sacramento are the only people that are picking the senators. Mm-hmm. Try and square that circle. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, uh, they're they're the only ones uh, picking the picking the senators. And what, you know, Los Angeles is going to have uh, a lot of representatives assigned to it, whereas, you know, um, a remote part of like uh, Eastern California is only going to have like one for, you know, quite a large plot of land. So, um, you know, it's, it's just very much a, uh, yeah. And I mean, that's, you're absolutely right on the urban districts as well. I mean, we were, uh, when I did Ed talk this past Saturday, uh, Harvey was in the live chat and we were talking about it cause I thought she was in Pelosi's district, but she's just a little bit uh, I believe she said she's just a little bit too far north to be in Pelosi's district. So mm-hmm. she's in Rokahana's district. But I mean, that's, I mean, there's three, because I know uh, Chris Lokes, who's also a friend of the show, who's been on the show numerous times as well, used to live in the Bay Area. So I know of three different representatives who represent mm-hmm. just the Bay Area. Pelosi, uh, Eric Swalwell, because Swalwell was uh, Chris Lokes' uh, representative, and then Rokana. Mm-hmm. Three of them. Three different uh, representatives, and Ro Khanna was actually one of the uh, one of the um, pri- uh, potential picks if Bernie Sanders would have won for mm-hmm. a vice president a nominee. So Ro Khanna is very uh, progressive in this, uh, representatives. I don't know. Maybe it's the Star Trek geek in me, but uh, every time I hear Ro Khanna's name, I have to wonder if she's Bajoran or not. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> So that's uh, that's our opinions on that there. I, th- I think we should go back to just the state delegation putting the Senate into place because that's the best way to deal with the interstate commerce. But that's, that's the way I see it. Of course, the 17th Amendment happened long before I was born. So apparently the people yeah. of America knew best on that one. Uh, but speaking of the Senate... Donald Trump released a updated shortlist of potential Supreme Court picks this week. And a lot of them are just political players that we don't know a lot about there. But there were three names in particular that were on this list that I think a lot of people took a lot of attention to. Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, and Josh Hawley are all potential Supreme Court nominees should Trump get a second term. And I'm interested to see, I've already said on Contemporary what my opinion was on all three of these men, but uh, I'm interested to see what you think of any of these three being on the Supreme Court. 
Well, isn't it interesting that that he would pick Ted Cruz to be on it? Um, because what was it? Lion Ted, if yeah. y'all remember that from the primary. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so it's very interesting um, that he would that he would pick that um, person to be on it. Um, Tom, Tom Cotton to me is um, kind of more like a run of the mill. Uh, you know, conservative kind of kind of choice, um, kind of like more of a, I guess, kind of a safe choice um, as far. Uh, I, but I think Ted Cruz would be one that I actually think in a in a weird sense, it would be kind of good because because with such name recognition going into a, uh, a Supreme Court pick, um, it would get a lot of people to, to be paying attention to that side. Um, so in one sense, I, I, uh, like, you know, I, that, I think that would be a strong pick. Well, um, Holly did come out and say, absolutely not. Mm. There's no way in hell. Uh, Cotton is all for the idea. Oh yeah. Throw me in there right away, coach. I will do whatever it is. And Cruz is on the fence. He is leaning towards no, but he says possibly he could be persuaded to. Now, my thought on that was, I thought that Holly was just too young and too new. Mm-hmm. to politics, to federal politics, to be on the Supreme Court. Cotton? No way. Don't let him anywhere near the Supreme Court. Absolutely not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But of the three, I actually would feel very comfortable with Ted Cruz being on the Supreme Court. Yeah, I don't agree with him on everything. Um, but I do... I do... Uh, I, I would I would think he was would be uh, not a... Uh, not the worst choice, I'll say. So. No, there are far worse people like like Tom Cotton. I think that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, just uh, always just a run of the very common conservative. I mean, I guess I would say so. But yeah, that's what uh, we were seeing off of this, and I, sh- I mean, Ginsburg's not going to live forever. I put a poll out on Twitter the other day just to see what we thought the October surprise was going to be because I know that uh, uh, New York uh, AG is searching into Deutsche Bank for Trump's tax records. And I Mm -hmm. think that if they find something, they're going to accidentally get leaked. Oh, yeah. Or alternatively, Ginsburg is going to retire or keel over because that woman is not going to live forever. No, she's already, what, is she on, is it second or third time of, of round, rounds of cancer? Um, I don't know if she just recovered, but I know it's it's been four. quite a few times. Four. 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 Okay, I missed one. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not funny, but, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think... And, you know, when Bill Maher is sitting there saying, like, oh, I hope she lives another... You know, like, yeah. you know, it's getting close to getting close to the end when did the support supreme court get to be what it is today that's that's kind of gruesome to me the fact that we're all just sitting around watching to see which supreme court is uh justice is going to die next doesn't mm-hmm. that seem a little gruesome to you it's gruesome but the thing about it is is that you know they affect the supreme court affects a lot more of the daily activities that people do than say um what like uh you know, President Trump himself would do. Um, you know, the Supreme Court can make a lot of decisions that can make, um, 
you know, certain laws happen, you know, for instance, you know, gay marriage, I know that's not really a law, but it was considered unconstitutional to be unlawful. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that affects people and, and the Supreme Court, you know, with abortion and whatnot, um, that that affects people on their day to day lives. Whereas, you know, President Trump doing an executive order, a lot of people don't see or know about that until, you know, CNN or whoever, you know, decides to release it. So. All right. Well, we are going to check in with a live chat here quick because uh, they have been very patient with us going through right. the first hour of this show here. They've got a lot of things going on here. I'm going to mm-hmm. catch up as far back as my phone monitor will take me, which brings me back to uh, just about the last time we had an interruption there uh, when I thanked Wyatt for reposting the YouTube link. Uh, Spartan is saying that we can hear uh, he can hear us. Uh, watching trains go by over on YouTube says renters need 100% protection. None of this is their fault, but landlords will still pay taxes. Utilities, maintenance, then what happens when they lose the property? Banks take ownership, evict people. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely something we need to look into coming up off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Spartan says UBI should have been started many months ago. Uh, no, I don't really want the government involved in people's incomes, unfortunately. Um Let's see. Uh, watching trains go by says that's the nicest anything any uh, nicest thing anyone's ever said about Jeb Bush. Uh, <laughs> re- <laughs> I called him a skinny dumbass skeleton. Oh right 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 okay. Uh, he also says you know that sound wind makes when it blows between the leaves on a tree that's the sound of Congress on the Afghan thing. <laughs> Arby says I've heard that he speaks better Spanish than his brother speaks English probably talking about the Bushes. They thought Bush not endorsing Trump was a good thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bush and the rest of these warmongers are making the case for not voting for Biden, says Ron Helton. Welcome on in, Ron. And then we've got the Fs in the chat for the fact that we dropped the stream again. Mm. And I think this is where I can actually catch back up with it. Uh, looks like Ron is taking off in the midst of uh, losing anything or losing everything. And then we've got the Fs again. Uh, Trains Go By says, Trump brings peace to the world, so the peace people want to take their ball and go home. Put a mega stamp on something liberals want, and they'll destroy it. Um, He also says, Congress-Senate is an adversarial system for good reason. If both sides are picked by the same voting pool, then all you really need is one body anyway. I I can see the argument for that. I really can. Peaceful Pyromaniac is over here with some stickers. Uh, Checks and balances for good reason, says Elephant Man. Let's see. Um, Harvey McLeod kind of likes Ted Cruz, and I know that too. Uh, Watch Trains Go By says, I kind of like Ted. I think most people kind of like Ted. He's one of those guys that if you had to choose, he has enough respectability that he'd be their major support. Um, Elephant Man actually had the gruesome death list after RBG, Clarence Thomas, and then Breyer. Um, Good for the left. I mean, it's 100% good, uh, good for Trump. Who wants a bush on your side? Yeah. Yeah, I could probably agree with that. Yeah, I I went through a neocon phase for a while, but I still hate George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Well, they what they they lambasted Ellen for sitting with him at a what was a baseball game? I don't remember. Yeah, but, no, I think it was yeah. a Cowboys game. But either way, same idea. Alright, uh, that is going to be it for the chat for right now. We will check back with you here in a couple of articles. But let's talk about 
one of the big pieces of news that just popped up in the middle of the week here, and that is this uh, shooting that mm-hmm. happened over in Compton. So I want to read just quickly from the local affiliate over in Los Angeles, because this seems to be the, I mean, they've edited this story over and over again, and I mean, the new stuff is, is the uh, cops are out of uh, surgery. But I just kind of want to go over what happened here and uh, what we saw. So from Eyewitness ABC7 News, two LA County deputies in stable condition after being shot in Compton, search for gunmen continues. The two Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department deputies who were shot in the head in an ambush on Compton on Saturday are now in stable condition. Authorities confirmed a senior official within the department tells ABC News that one of the deputies only identified as a 31-year-old mother of a six-year-old boy was shot in the jaw and arms, but is in critical and stable condition. And she actually helped the other deputy got on the radio and provided med- uh, medical care, so she's probably the reason that the two of them are alive right now. Uh, catching up on what happened here, surveillance sh- video shows the man approaching the window of the passenger side and firing several times at close range. The suspect then ran off on foot. One deputy was seen emerging from the passenger side and stumbling on foot for several seconds before the video ends. And I, I mentioned this this morning when I talked about this, but uh, didn't we see something almost similar to this in, I think, Dallas during the Ferguson riots? Um, I, d- I, I seem believe- to remember somebody walking up. No, it was in New York City. I, d- I don't think it was during the Ferguson riots, but it was in New York City. Somebody just walking up to the back window of a cop car and putting one in the back of a cop's head. Yeah, I mean... Um... I think that I think that well, first of all, we we have to understand Compton is Com- Compton is a tough area, um, and uh, I come from I come from Detroit, um, and I have seen every part of Detroit. Um, I used I was a salesperson there for seven years, so I've been everywhere. I had been everywhere in the city, and um, I, I I understand that that's not Compton, but they're they're similar on the violent crimes list and 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 whatnot. Um, this kind of thing happening is, I don't want to say that it's common, but it's not unexpected. Um, and that's a, that's the sad thing is it's not so much that this happened. Um, you know, it's obviously very tragic that this happened. And, um, you know, we, I do hope that that person gets brought to justice. Um, but it is, I would say more the aftermath of what happened while trying to bring them to, uh, bring them to the the hospital um i feel that the riots and whatnot are probably starting to embolden mm-hmm. um crimes like this well yeah and they were rioting outside of the hospital while these people were getting surgery put on them blocking the, they were trying to get into the hospital mm-hmm. which means that i don't think that they wanted the doctors to succeed in this surgery or the doctor to make a mistake yeah you know mm-hmm. this is I mean, you're right. This is emboldening people. And I mean, we're starting to see this all around the country. There was a shooting in Rutgers last night. There was a deadly carjacking in Tennessee yesterday. Which, mm-hmm. that, After I read that, I was like, I have to get away from the news for a little while. I took a four-hour drive to nowhere yesterday. Drove down I... just outside of Kenosha, drove back up Highway 12 to Madison, and then drove home. Mm-hmm. Four hours just to clear my head and get away from the news. And I listened to a retrospective on... Uh, um, follow three the whole time, just because I didn't want I didn't want to have the radio on and hear news. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be anywhere near social media, so I hooked the Bluetooth up to my phone, threw YouTube on, and uh, listened. Yeah, 
to somebody explain why Fallout 3 was actually a really, really good Fallout game. And I kind of agree <laughs> with his points. Fair enough. I have not played Fallout, so I do own a couple of the games, but they were gifts to me, so I never, <laughs> just haven't touched them yet. But which ones? Uh, I I know that I have Vegas, and I have either three or four. Hmm. Fallout three or four. I don't remember which one it was. Though. Vegas is great, especially if you like uh, more shooter RPG games. Um, if you like like Diablo or whatnot, Fallout three is one of it's, Fallout three is one of my favorite games, just because it's got more of that dungeon diver aspect of Diablo. Oh, okay. All right. But going back on to Compton, yeah, it's just... You're right. They're being emboldened around the country. Just They're just they're getting up, and they think that they can get away with it because as soon as they get that cop on video, then they can go right and get free shit. Well, it's not even that they think they can get away with it. I mean, we've got, we've got Kamala Harris that is advocating for people to uh, donate to the Freedom Fund, which is bailing people out of jail that were rioting and looting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not only that they think they can get away with it, they are getting away with it. Um, And they're being supported by people that are either in power or close to it. So it's very much um, a, a, you know, it's, it's, I guess, in a sense, they're they're justified in thinking that because it's true. you know so so um as of right now both of the officers in compton are out of surgery they're in stable condition they're both still in the hospital uh in stable condition i i mean the 31 year old mother of a six-year-old i mean she has got to really really love her job if she's going to go back out on the street i'm going to tell you that right now and both of them were new recruits within the last year on top of this so i don't know what's going to happen to them I wish the best for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll see. I, I, you know, it really just depends on how dedicated they are. Um, there's definitely going to have to. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of a uh, position or policy change in in the city. But like I said, that city is ridden with crime. On you know, and this was this was far before any rioting or anything started to happen. Um, and it's you know. It, I'm sure they were overworked already. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Nephilim Ninja is teaching me over in the live chat to get away from the bad in the world. You listen to post-apocalyptic video game stories. <laughs> that is a fair point. We're, we're just we're just hearing the future basically before it's told. Yeah. So. Uh, um, in similar news, and this might be part of what uh, is emboldening the people. Uh, Rochester police chief deputies stepped down suddenly following protests over the death of Daniel Prude up in Rochester. So after the investigations start coming out and uh, everybody starts saying that the cops need to be investigated, they need to be investigated within inches of their life and everything, all of the top brass of the Rochester, New York Police Department just quit on a whim. They said, no more, we're not going to deal with this shit anymore. So I don't know, did you see anything off this story? Yeah, I did. It started with um, what I believe it was the commissioner, and then I think it was either the next day or, or later on. It was the it was the chief, um, and then the and then the entire team started to to resign. And then there was a couple more. I think what in was it Dallas um, that the the chief there resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a black woman actually. Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, is that once you start getting um, once you start getting 
no support from essentially the people that are managing you, your job becomes far more dangerous. I mean, you know, if, if you can't actually do anything, like if you're just releasing the crypt, like imagine that you catch someone, you put them in jail, and then you're ordered by either the DA or the mayor or, you know, your boss says, okay, just release them, you know, and they were causing destruction or damage or threatening with, you know, resisting arrest, whatever. And you're just having to release these people well, now they know your face. Now they know, you know, where who they can be angry at because and and so you've got this happening three or four times because they're they're catching people and releasing them. What how much more dangerous does your job become every day because you can't actually do anything and they know you can't do anything, but they can do something to you and eventually one day they're just going to get pissed off and, you know, get more and more agitated. Um, well, it and... started with Carmen Best over in Seattle. She was mm -hmm. the first one. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. who wouldn't at that point? Right. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I, I won't say her actions were the best, but I do, I do feel bad for her, so. And then, yeah, the one in Dallas, and now all of the, not just the chief, but like every single, I think everybody above captain just up and quit in Rochester, New York. Which, I mean... That makes me wonder what's going to happen to the people of Rochester, New York. Are they all going to be fine? Now, do they all want to get up and move? Should they come inland? I, there's so many other questions just other than all cops are bad. Let's make them all quit. I've been to that city, actually, and it's it's got a it's got a nice downtown. Um, well, it did when I went there um, and it was, uh you know, it was, it was, it was pretty peaceful when I went. Um, so I, I know that, uh, I'm hoping that there's not a ton of crime there that, and, and if there, if there is crime needed, that they're able to contract some, you know, uh, either other cities, police forces to come in or, uh, just, you know, a private vendor, um, in the meantime, while they, while they, you know, get, get that situated, but still, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, an issue and we might see it you know just become a trend mm -hmm. so yeah and you know once it, all, my heart's out to the people of that city because you were i've driven through i've never stopped in rochester i was supposed to stay the night with a friend while i was uh moving out to boston and then that kind of fell through so i actually i had map quested myself to go through rochester mm -hmm. to, so i could stop there and then i just wound up because of that, taking the same MapQuest direction. That was back before we had GPS on our phones. Yeah. So I had paper MapQuest directions, and I just I took the the route and went through the downtown area of Rochester, and it is it is gorgeous, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. So, um, my heart's out to them there. I want to touch on my former hometown. Mm hmm. Because Gage Groiskrutz gave an exclusive interview to CNN this week. Now, of course, they're not going to talk to Rittenhouse, the other person involved in this, but uh, they gave the exclusive interview to uh, Gage Groiskrutz today. And, of course, I mean, this was all done up for theater and everything off of this. So um, you'll be able to get the audio off of this, and I'll kind of point out the, the visual cues of this if you haven't seen the video already. But uh, everyone else in the live chat will be able to see the video of this. And uh, I actually cut it down here and got it ready for us to view. So let's see what that looks like. Way with my life that night. Two people didn't. 
Gage Grosskreutz is the only person to survive I of the love three people the shot during protests for the in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I think about the screams, about the gunshots. Um, I think about everything all the time. Grosskreutz says he arrived in Kenosha from Milwaukee, deeply disturbed by this video of police shooting Jacob Blake in the back and concerned about a call to arms by a local militia on Facebook. The former paramedic says his goal was to provide medical care to anyone who needed it there. When he arrived on August 25th, he had no idea that 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse had also arrived from Illinois. He was also vowing to help people and protect businesses. Both had their cell phones. Both carried medical kits. Rittenhouse had a rifle. Were you also armed? Absolutely. Like I said, I believe in the right to bear arms. But that night, Rittenhouse used his firearm, while Grosskreutz had to use his medical kit on himself. This is just before the two came face to face. Rittenhouse is running down the street after his first deadly shooting that night. He falls. Okay, and I'm probably going to have to stop that there because if I go any further, then they are going to force my video into uh, age-restricted mode just because mm -hmm. of what's about to happen on the video, and I know what's about to happen on the video. So to go on to some of the other details that came up out of um, the interview there. Now, of course, uh, Grace Krauts came out and pointed out the fact that he did carry his pistol down because he thought that he was going to run into trouble. The pistol that he could be seen holding, brandishing at Rittenhouse uh, as he was chased down the street. And I can't put that part of the video up because age restriction. Um, one of the big things that really, really pissed me off about this, and I made this clear over on Twitter when I was talking about that, is, uh, now, Groyskreutz is not a Kenosha. He didn't live in Kenosha. He lived in West Dallas, mm -hmm. which I used to, uh, I had a fairly long-term on-again, off-again, uh, relationship with a girl that lived right between Wauwatosa and West Dallas. She had a Milwaukee address, but it was right between those two suburbs. So I know how long it takes to get to West Dallas from Kenosha. And on top of that, where the the incident happened, where Groyskartz got shot, is 12 blocks from where I used to live. So I know exactly how long it takes to get from there to West Dallas. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's 40 miles. So okay. this is the so thing that gets me off of this. Kyle Rittenhouse drove 20 miles from Illinois to go help out in Kenosha, and people are saying that he had no business being there. He was taking graffiti off the side of Ruther High School in the picture that everybody saw. And then he was given a gun while he was up there, but of course, he had no business being up there. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have defended himself. And he and they said later in the art um in the interview too that he was also administering medical aid while he was down there. Groyskreutz drove 40 miles from West Dallas. Uh, Antioch, Illinois, by the way, is 20 miles from Kenosha. I should point that out. Groyskreutz drove 40 miles from West Dallas with a gun to help out and administer medical aid during the protests. So they are sainting Groyskreutz for doing the exact same thing that Rittenhouse did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that pisses me off. What's your take on this? Well, first of all, we have to we have to realize that it's CNN. Um, the the immediate mood of that interview there was a sensationalist attitude. So, 
oh, he was just there to provide medical assistance. Okay. Did we ask him how many people he had provided medical assistance to or what his training was on medical assistance or what was in his med kit or um, if, you know, did we, do we ask him, oh, well, what if your gun, you had a pistol, what if your gun discharged while you were giving medical assistance? Like, mm -hmm. you know, no, it's, you know, we don't, we don't ask any of that. Um, we don't ask him what he was doing right before, um, you know, this happened. But see, they set you up like that. Um, I don't, I don't think I remember CNN interviewing um, the family of the uh, Trump supporter that got shot in Portland. I, I don't. I don't think I remember CNN reviewing that. Uh, do, do you remember? I don't believe that happened. No. So, um, but how would they have sensationalized that? Probably something like, "Oh, uh, we interviewed uh, the family of the white supremacist, and they said that he had ties to the KKK." And you know what? And and here's the thing: like with 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 uh, port, you know, with uh, anything like that. Any kind of interview usually um, that isn't that isn't objective or isn't just you know getting information, um, it's not. It's always going to be for a sensationalist narrative purpose. Mm -hmm. So, um, regardless of whether you think that they were wrong or whether you think Kyle was wrong or whatever, um, they can't just let the story tell itself, right? They have to. They have to only tell one side of the story. Um, and not give the other side, or at least uh, heavily shadow the other side, um, you know, in in that. So um, it's just it's just expected from CNN at this point. Yeah. Well, and they, to the uh, interviewer's credit, she actually did push a little bit mm -hmm. on Gage, which surprised me. Towards the end of the interview, she did ask him if he was intending to shoot. Now. There, there are some hearsay uh, reports that he did say that he had hoped that, or he'd wished that he'd emptied the clip on Kyle Rittenhouse in the hospital. There is no corroboration for that. It's all hearsay at this point. It's secondhand. Mm -hmm. There was no video or anything of him saying that. But, uh, yeah, the interviewer asked, were, did you, were you intending to shoot? Why did you have your gun out? And uh, his lawyer stepped in because he had his lawyer sitting next to him throughout the entire interview. His lawyer stepped in and said, we can't answer that because we feel that might taint the ongoing uh, criminal trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me as much. Uh, you know, a lawyer, you know, is paid, is paid to do that. They don't want, you know, um, anything, anything that doesn't make their client look, that is even, that's even ambiguous. Um, toward their client, you know, I, I, I completely understand that. Um, that's just kind of how lawyers operate. Um, but of course they have to, they, you know, CNN, I mean, CNN gives Joe Biden, uh, you know, an off question once in a while. That's tough. It's not, it's not, um, they, they have to do that. They, you know, they can't just throw you all softballs and completely because, you know, because otherwise they can't pretend like they're fair and balanced. So, mm -hmm. and you know, like I say, um, you know, there's also the the allegation that the guy was a felon that he wasn't supposed to uh, have the gun. Uh, that cannot be corroborated right now. I've tried to see cap that. Uh, I don't believe that he was convicted. He was uh, accused, uh, waiting standing trial for a felony, but he was not convicted. So, you know, that does give him the right to keep the arm on him. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably a poor choice of words given the situation. Yeah. I I can't really here's the thing about it too. Like even if he did say like, yeah, I wish I would have emptied the clip in him. I mean, like you got shot, you're in tremendous pain, you're in the hospital, your life's been, you know, disrupted. I mean, granted, you went there yourself and you know, knew that that there were gonna be people armed from the other side and you know, something like this could happen. But that being said, that's very rare that you know it's very rare that it would happen to you so i i don't i don't fault him even if he said that because that's something that you probably would say in anger after getting shot but um but i would say like what are you what are you carrying a gun for just to be intimidating like yeah why would like what 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 do you, you know like there's really no good answer to that question that he could have said that would have that would that would have uh satisfied cnn not not necessarily there's not a good answer but not a not an answer that would be i guess palatable for a lot well, of the- there is one other thing that i want to point out about the situation and that is um, i did some research on this because i wasn't sure about the answer to this i was first talking about this when this all first happened i was to the understanding that wisconsin had castle doctrine i looked it up we do not we have a duty mm-hmm. to retreat law I will be petitioning my assemblyman to change that because I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But at the time of this happening, there is a duty to retreat law in Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse was retreating. It's very clear in every angle of the video mm-hmm. that I've seen from all of this. He was retreating. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Gage Groyskreutz was not retreating. And neither was Anthony Huber, by the way, the, uh, the second person that was shot and killed. No, they were pursuing. Yeah. This, this was not a duty to retreat. They were the aggressors in this situation. And I don't know why they aren't sitting in a cell right now. Because by all accounts, yes, both of them should uh, are guilty of at least a misdemeanor weapons assault charge. Well, we know, we know why they're not sitting in a cell. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and unfortunately, I know the politics of Kenosha because I lived there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I know that that plays into it as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, The last one that I have on the riots for the week here is a fairly sad story that got almost no airplay. Uh, I pulled it up from the Chicago Tribune the day after it happened. uh, And I archived it in the document. So you didn't have to go through their ad blocker bullshit because they don't Mm -hmm. let me look at their articles because they have ad blockers. But if you run it through archive.vn, You don't have to worry about that shit. (laughs) So, reading from the Chicago Tribune, eight-year-old girl killed Chicago police released photos of vehicle tied to slaying. Uh, Chicago police on Tuesday released images of a vehicle they believe was used in the fatal shooting of an eight-year-old girl, they said, the Labor Day. All right, we are back. Uh, I'm going to pick up right from the top of where we uh, left off here. So, uh, my apologies for everything. Once again, Spectrum is deciding to, to have a big problem going on here i know harvey's going to move on over to your channel at this point and everybody else over on d live will connect here in just a moment um going back up to the top of this article here so once again uh i archived this because chicago tribune won't let you read their articles unless uh you turn your ad blocker off and i have no interest in turning my solve the girl slaying so just like we saw with sakoria turner and even the same age over in atlanta Mm -hmm. A young girl was caught in the crossfire 
Uh, this may not actually have been uh, riot-related like the one in Atlanta was, but Sikori Turner was caught in crossfire of mm -hmm. something that happened in Chicago, and nobody's saying a word about this. The news isn't talking about this. Um, if somebody hadn't put this in my live chat the day that it happened, I would have never mm -hmm. known about this. I would not have known one word about this, and yet here it is, and nobody's saying her name. They're not saying, it's not say her name like it is for everybody else. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that, I, like I said, I, co I come from Detroit and um, given just this information, I, I have to say that this is not that uncommon. There are a lot of uh, children and innocent people um, that come from, from very high crime cities. Um, I worked in security, um, so... I, I sold like security systems and security doors and whatnot to people in Detroit. Um, it would, it, there, there was a saying in Detroit, tell them you have a gun. And what that meant was if you call the police and you say someone's breaking into my house, they'll say, okay, we'll send someone out. I'm not kidding you. It will take them two to three hours to send somebody out. Mm -hmm. What do they, what do you even have left at that point? They've exactly. carried everything, every single one of your possessions out. If you don't tell them that you have a gun, that they have a now if you tell them that you have a gun they'll be there quick but if but that that was the whole thing just you know and if they say well where's their gun and they didn't really have one you just oh i thought i saw one you know like seriously that is a actual advice to people that were in detroit mm -hmm. um and so the the thing is is that unfortunately this is just not that uncommon um if it is gang related or or whatnot so um i it's coming up now more so because of the riots and people are, are looking into this a little bit more, but there are so many of these stories that have gone untold, um, not just with this, but just, um, you know, uh, you know, innocent people getting shot in, in uh, the streets, um, you know, in a crossfire, in a club, um, you know, just, you know, bumping into the wrong i mean unfortunately just it's that common so if it's not related to the riots i i understand why it wasn't told but well i mean there's it's going on all over the place and like it's like i said at the beginning the names of du jour lane's uh, name of sicoria uh, they mm -hmm. don't get said in the media anisa scott i bet you've never heard that name before no i haven't no mm -mm. that was another uh 11 year old um, she was shot in Madison for the same thing. Somebody rolled up uh, beside the car that she was in and opened fire on the car, possibly intending to hit the driver. And yeah, she was just in the crossfire of it. And yes, nobody's saying these names. And their lives matter just as much as everybody. I mean, these black lives matter. I hate, I've got to say it. And nobody mm -hmm. cares about those ones. It's sad because... Um if there's not really a a narrative that you can get for, for instance in this story there's not really a narrative um that that you can extract from this um i don't think gang members are going around looking for eight-year-olds to kill no. but you know that being said that being said um i also don't think that there's much that you can extract from this from a political angle um just based on these facts alone um when violence happens, unfortunately, people get get hurt um, or killed in in this case. 
And it's incredibly sad. I'm trying, I, I don't want to minimize this. Um, I, I'm not minimizing this at all. I'm just saying it's far more common than people think. And it's an mm -hmm. actual problem um, that faces communities. My opinion is that it comes back to, um, and data supports this, is it comes back to the nuclear family. It's just, there's, there's a, been a breakdown of the nuclear family where people are getting married to the government in essence, and the fathers are just not in the picture. And therefore young men, primarily young women as well, but young men are getting into gangs. They're seeking father figures in other areas. Um, and what this does is it just, it creates these war zones essentially because they don't know how to, um, you know, be productive, unfortunately. Um, they, they don't have that person showing them. Um, again, this is this is my opinion and data support. It's it quite a bit, but um, this is this this all stems back to that. I got one more talking about the riots here. One more thing to show, and it's a video that I didn't think when I first saw it was gonna go this direction here now. Uh, you're actually probably going to want to throw a monitor up for this one so you can see mm -hmm. the video off of this. But I, or I don't know if you actually already watched from the document or not. But, uh, I mean, the, the video looks like it's going to start bad, and it goes a completely different direction. So let's see what that looked like. And there they go. And there it goes. Hey, 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 don't hit me, G. Hey, do not hit me. They just keep hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Going down to the clay. Look at all these people. And there he is, in custody. Well. <laughs> so I got a feeling a lot of this was that uh, this really, really like this was going to become another instance where a police officer, which that second backup officer, under any other circumstance, probably would have pulled up his gun and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, fired. It's possible. Um, I uh, that was my first time viewing the video, so I didn't see if the uh, if the guy had a um, a weapon or anything on him. But he definitely had the other officer uh, almost uh, incapacitated. So um, it, it is possible uh, that that he would have pulled out a weapon. But um, I'm not. 
I don't know, police training or especially now. So I don't know what would have happened. So yeah, absolutely. Because of the situation that police, with, with it being recorded and everything, that cop would have probably pulled up, shot the guy, and there would have been another series of riots destroying this town that these people lived in. Mm-hmm. And then there well, wasn't. They no. stepped in, which I, I'm pretty positive. I know why they did that. They didn't want to see their town burned to the ground like they've seen in Portland, in Kenosha, in Chicago, in Minneapolis. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, yeah, they, the thing is, is a lot of them say, well, it's not really our communities. You just, you know, like, uh, you know, white people essentially confined us here and whatnot. Um, the you know, as much as I disagree with that, you still, you know, people, people go locally in their communities um, and they buy things. These, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, some white person, you know, when I, when I lived in Detroit, it wasn't some white person from 50 miles away that was owning a business. Um, the, the local uh, like soul food shop, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, a white it was it was somebody that lived at six mile and evergreen which is you know a, an area of detroit again it wasn't you know somebody uh that owned the uh the deli that i frequented um you know at seven and dequinder um the person that owned that lived in southfield which was the next town over mm-hmm. um you know so it's like you you know you you really are destroying your community i mean maybe you maybe you don't think that that these shops exist but they do and these are these are the shops that hurt the most. You think Walmart's gonna care if if right. you destroy one of their buildings? They have billions of dollars. Like one one building isn't gonna hurt them. But you know what? The local deli, the local uh, shop, the local um, you know phone store, all of them, they're hurting. They they're not you know especially with coronavirus where customers aren't coming in anyway. So and something that that kind of bothers me that I want to touch on is like these champagne liberals primarily i have a couple of my facebook they go around like portland or new york and they film these things and they're like oh look at all the riots and like nothing's happening of course it's like well that's because you're not in an inner city like you just know like that these people are not in an inner city like they are they are in a rich neighborhood where that's not going to be tolerated Mm -hmm. you know and there is a difference between downtown detroit which is you know, Greek town where everybody goes and they drink and they're hanging out and they're having fun. Well, this was back before COVID, but you know, there's a difference between that and uh, Finkel and Finkel and Greenfield. There's a complete difference between that, um, and uh, they don't they don't think about Finkel and Greenfield. They think about downtown, like when they think of Detroit, which is completely wrong. So. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, that warms my heart a little bit to see the video like that where people, you know, they don't want to see the small businesses burnt down and to see the riots. I'm, yeah. I'm positive. That's why they jumped in there to help because, you know, the sentiment among the black communities, all cops are bastards. And these people came up and said, no, we're going to help the local law enforcement. Otherwise, this is going to happen here. I do want to push back on that a little bit as far as as far as someone that did work in Detroit um, for so long, because I, I went in these, you know, these people's houses. I went in and in, in their communities. I became a part of uh, some of some of the, the black communities in Detroit. So I, I don't want to say that they all think that um, or even that, like, a lot of them do. 
-hmm. a lot of like older black people um you know or, or people that are living in the black community and whatnot they just want a reasonable um police force with you know they just want to kind of they just kind of want to uh they want to live in safety they want to live in um you know uh i guess just relative peace and you know a lot of them don't mind the police it's it's that they they mind the you know unfortunately a lot of the gang members um and whatnot are people that they know so they you know not necessarily people they know but maybe know of or their neighbor knows them or you know it's their it's their uh neighbor's son or whatever and so they want a more reformed when they are caught in essence um when they're caught they want it to be a little bit more of a, ref a reformation kind of a thing mm -hmm. um more counseling more help on that back end um and that's what a lot of the i would say a lot of the older community because that's what i worked with wants um you know and unfortunately a lot of the younger community just want to dismantle the police because they, they identified that without critically thinking um as the problem that's not the problem um you know a lot of people forget that these criminals you know it's not like a first time criminal where the, where they break into a house and they're caught one time it's like the, the police are seeing these people five times and they and the criminal knows oh this is my fifth time getting arrested okay i'm probably gonna have felony charges up the wazoo and i'm gonna have three to five years in prison if i don't get away if i don't resist arrest so this is what is causing a lot of the animosity um between you know because you're not the people that are in the news one of the counter arguments from the right is constantly well it was like a three-time felon and they were arrested on these drug charges and these possession and you know rape and uh, and it's like yes that's all true and that's why that's why the cop and and the the situation is so tense because they already know each other they've yeah. already seen each other so a lot yeah. of people forget that um in the in the sense uh and that's why there's so much like resisting arrest and all that because they they know what's going to happen if they get caught yeah absolutely um and oh yeah candace owens loves to be the one to dig up all that dirt too have you ever noticed that <laughs> Her and Charlie Kirk are like the first ones that have the rap sheet of whoever was the last victim. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, that's what I have on this one right here. Let's check in with the live chat here. I got a couple grab bag ones to uh, go over at the end of this, just kind of not relating to the presidency or the riots right now. Just a couple of grab mm -hmm. bag things. Let's uh, see what we've got. I know that uh, the last thing I saw was uh, Elephant Man said after RBG uh clarence thomas and then briar uh let's see watching trains go by says since the 80s the saying was simply don't go to compton uh harvey reminded me that new vegas was uh the reason that her and i met because i was looking for new vegas streams and she happened to be playing at the time oh nice um and nephilim to get away from the bad in the world you listen to a post-apocalyptic video game story <laughs> yeah um, watching trains go by says that vacuum is scary and leave a hole like that while the wrong people are in charge of filing those or filling those positions is crazy talking about uh, all the brass leaving uh, uh, Rochester right, or, uh, right away mm -hmm. um, Harvey says vigilante justice will be on the rise and it won't be cool like in the Watchmen um, did they have a team of nurses changing his badge, uh, bandages for optics and sympathy they did not but yeah that would have just topped the whole thing off talking about the interview 
Yeah. Um, Nephilim. Oof. Oh, that was spicy, Nephilim. Nephilim Ninja <laughs> says he gives a very disarming interview. <laughs> took me a moment. It took me a moment, but I got there. I got there. Um, watching trains go by says difference between both stories. We have tons of proof of everything Kyle did that night. Both the assistance and self-defense. The only evidence of Groys, he tried to kill someone. Um, Harvey says that uh, him saying he wished his, he'd unloaded his uh, clip was uh, on Facebook. I did not corroborate that. I didn't know that, but I will go back and corroborate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, unless court order, potential witness can say anything about the crime they witnessed. Groys Kurtz was self-preservation mode. He can't lie. In cases, Kyle's lawyers produce evidence against Gross. Yeah, that guy's got a pain in the ass name to spell. <laughs> Nephilim Ninja says this podcast is on a spectrum. It kind of is after all the drops that we had tonight. This is probably the second worst one I've had. Oh, man. There was a worse one? There was. It was uh, the third time Harvey was on on Ed's World. <sighs> it just five minutes and boom. Five minutes and then boom. Five minutes and boom. Yep. I've had streams like that, too. So. Uh, watching trains go by says when they start with that say her name BS we should learn the names of all the cops that killed in the line of duty in some innocent cities throw it back in their faces well there's three of them right there Sicoria, Anissa Scott and uh, uh, DeJore over in Chicago uh, Nephilim Ninja says Candace Ovens and I disavow <laughs> um, Harvey says Candace Owens only brings up the rap sheet because people are propping these people up as heroes as martyrs and that is true too but it still kind of bothers me that she's so quick and so eager to do it yeah yeah alright we've got a couple more here we've got to power through and then i got to get out of here so I can get ready to go over and be on uh, on another show here alright uh, we got to talk about these fires though because we haven't done that yet, and like I said, I just found out about these uh, last night. I was finding mm -hmm. out more and more about what was happening here. So, uh, let's put the picture up. I think that'll be the good one here. Let's get over here, get into that scene. So, this is currently what the west coast of the United States looks like with the wildfires that are going on everywhere. Now, this is an extremely zoomed out picture. So the fires are, uh, for the most part, covering smaller areas than what it seems that they're showing on the picture. But still, the fact that there are these many fires all over across the West Coast means mm -hmm. that we should probably learn a little bit more about fire management and burning off underbrush. But uh, there are some things that are going along with this. Uh, California has been on fire for consider. I knew that California was on fire because of the gender reveal party, which I don't necessarily buy as truth off of this here but uh now parts of oregon and uh washington are up as well i want to prance around what i'm about to say here because wojiski will shut streams down for this and she has shut streams down for this and my youtube audience won't know if spectrum shut my stream down or wojiski did but there are happenstance suggestions that certain people have been uh um, trying to encourage these fires into burning is the way that I'm going to say that I think you're trying to get what I'm trying to say off of this. Mm -hmm. um, we have no confirmation of this. Uh, currently, there are 10 people deceased in Oregon over the wildfires. Uh, seven more added to the list just today. 
between this morning when I read Contemporary and now, confirmed, including a young child and his grandmother both trying to escape, millions of dollars of property damage, all in the eastern part of Oregon. You are probably more caught up on this story than I am at this point, so uh, tell me what you know about this one so far. Well, it's funny because I actually have a friend um, over in California right now um, that that uh, he's in the Navy, and they're they're docked, and uh, he's not even close to it, but the sky is just completely, uh, you know, it's covered in smoke um, due, to, due to the fires. Um, and so you know wishing him safety obviously but uh he uh he's stating that there is a great um alarm um everywhere basically uh and this this kind of compounds with with the pandemic because it's like people haven't really been going out anywhere and now like um there's not a lot of places to like really go essentially um you know for uh, to to kind of escape uh the wildfires because um of how of how uh you know closed down it is so um it's this happens to california pretty much every year it has happened the past few years um the fact that it's spreading um is is definitely a reason for concern here yes and you know the spreading off of this and i'm i'm streaming to facebook too so that they're another one that seems to be taking streams down for saying the wrong words about this so i know we've got to be a little bit careful about how we talk about this but you know i mean the smoke you're right is getting everywhere even to a point where you know your friend is nowhere near where this was we saw the orange sky last week mm -hmm. which raised concern for me when i saw the orange sky because i mean you're seeing an orange sky like that that looks very very apocalyptic after we've had covid murder hornets riots and economic downturn or as you could translate to them plague pestilence war and famine mm -hmm. where have we heard those words before <laughs> hmm <laughs> starts with r i think i, I yeah <laughs> So that's definitely something to think about here. And yeah, is it? Yeah. How, how do I put this? It, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but I'm like, okay, which 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 Wojcicki agent is watching this right now? <laughs> um, I mean, the gas cans were supposedly filled with water because they were going to try and put the fires out. Yeah. Oh, gas doesn't put fires out. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> And we've been uh, seeing, I mean, the smoke is going everywhere, too. I um, I watch Beauty and the Beta on Sunday nights. And, mm -hmm. uh, I was actually driving when uh, they started off last night. I was still coming home from my little road trip to clear my head last night. But, uh, I mean, she lives, uh, Blonde in the Belly of the Beast lives uh, in northern Idaho at this point. And Matt lives all the way out in Bozeman, Montana, which is closer to me than it is to Portland. And they're both getting smoke in the air where they are. Mm -hmm. I imagine, um, yeah, I imagine they are, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 it's spreading every year and it's, it's, uh, it's concerning for sure. It's very concerning. Well, we don't have, uh, we don't have the smoke here, thankfully, mm -hmm. but I know it's getting close. I think my live chat quit. Which is good, because I do still have live chat down here. Oh, no. 
Never mind. I just, I saw the text version of Harvey's emoji and I thought that it was a separate message because oh. I'm watching on the D-Live. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so this is, we will watch this closely. This is going to be something I'm definitely going to be talking about next week as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see the updates on this one and see if we can talk about some of what's going on with this. But, you know, the worst part of this is, is the fact that we can, you know, we have to talk about this and we have to talk in code about some of this because... You know, your Facebook and your YouTube and your Twitter have the thumb on the scale. They're going to take streams down and ban channels for saying stuff like this. For stuff of what actually seems to be going on. We can't even speculate about this because they've got the thumb on the scale. And we're going to see this coming into the election, too. Well, I mean, the, even the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're, uh, they're definitely, they definitely have their, uh, their thumb on everything. They, they, uh... What I think it was it Zuckerberg is putting uh, uh, explanations or, or something on Trump's uh, posts about the, the election and mail-in and all that. Oh yeah, if they if he declares victory early, Facebook's gonna he's gonna ban him outright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's against the law according to the uh, Supreme Court. Yeah, I believe it's what called a, a public platform mm-hmm. because he's the president. Yeah. I am going to explain now, we're going to move off of this topic, and why my Red Sox flag is laying in the corner right there, unfolded. Because I actually, when I read this story on Contemporary uh, last Thursday, I got up. I didn't even turn the camera off. I got up and took it off the wall because the MLB gets no more of my support at this point. So from ABC News reporting, Parkland shooting victim made into fan cutout at MLB games to raise gun violence awareness. So they took the cutout of Joaquin Oliver, a 17-year-old who was at uh, one of the victims of the shooting in Parkland, Florida. They made a cutout of him, and they put him among the cutout fans that they're using to fill the stands for TV in, uh, in San Francisco City Field. I mean, they're doing this all across the country. On. All right, oh, sorry about that, folks. I uh, We just had it go off again um i will be having a conversation with i thought they had this fixed because i did complain to them about this at some point and uh they told me that my router was shot well my router is brand new and a much higher quality than the one that they put over (laughs) oh yeah they've told me the same thing they've told me oh you you, it's your cables that are bad and i because they've replaced my router twice and they mm-hmm. said well now it's your cables that are bad so i'm like okay i just went out and bought all new cables mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know it's something oh no it's the building's cable you know yep. so I just, yeah that, I, I got that one too mm-hmm. so um going back to this i just i thought this was disgusting the fact that they would do something like this to i mean let the kid rest let him rest rest in peace his killer is in prison Possibly going to get the death sentence. We're still waiting for that trial. That trial still hasn't happened, by the way. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's got the death sentence on the table. Uh, did you see anything on this one at all? Uh, I read the I read the article. Um, yeah, and and the thing is, is it's very just it, it's it's like to a point. It's it's unsettling because they're doing it due to the coronavirus. So they're they're trying to make the stadium filled with with non-existent fans i guess but 
But the thing is, is that they can't just do that. They can't just say, oh, look, we're pretending everyone's here. They're they're trying to make a statement out of it and to raise gun violence awareness. Um, you know, like, but it's, it's just another political statement that's been brought into sports. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not against athletes speaking out, but when you're there and you're playing a sport, it's like you, you're there to play the sport. That's your job. I, I don't go to my job every day and, you know, badger my coworkers and stuff about politics. And if somebody did that to me, re regardless of whether I believe the, uh, agreed with them or not, I would report them because I would be like, well, you might be making a lot of other people feel uncomfortable. It's the same thing with, it's the same thing with, uh, with sports though. It's like, uh, why are you showing your elitism playing sports, using, using your platform on the sport, doing your job when there's so many of us that, you know, can't do that. Uh, and, and I would say the same thing if it was in support of the second amendment, I'd say, well, you know, if, if a player talked about, you know, we should, you know, legalize tanks and nuclear bombs or something, I'd, I'd say, you know, wh like, wh what are you, what are you doing? Like, we don't need that. <laughs> play, play the game, like, you know. Well, we should legalize tanks and nuclear weapons, but that's... <laughs> no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. If I agreed with them, I would still, you know, I would still uh, think it was odd that they were doing it while playing the game. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. That's something to uh, look into. Um, but yeah, it's just, I didn't watch football this year. I did not watch, uh, well, it's only been the season opener, but I was a guy that sat down and watched every game for a long time. I sat down, I got up, went to church on Sunday morning, got home, sat in front of the TV and watched the noon game, the 3.30 game, the Sunday night game. I watched the Monday night game, the Thursday night. I was the big NFL guy. And when I found out that the season opener was this past Thursday, I said, the fuck with it. No, because you caved to Colin Kaepernick. All I'm going to do is see another political lesson. And I do politics mm -hmm. for a living. I don't want to watch it right. while I'm watching the NFL. And it's the same thing with this. The MLB, and I'm not mad at the Red Sox. I love the Red Sox. I'm not mad at the Packers really so much either. I love the Packers. But their parent organizations, the NFL and Major League Baseball, no longer get any of my sport. Hell, I can't wait for rodeo season to start again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dude, I've I've seen that. I've seen one of them in uh, Vegas. That was it was interesting. I have a cousin that used to actually. He got dish and he watched the bull riding channel. <laughs> is that entertaining? I, I it to is me, actually. It's not, but... It is. <laughs> okay. I, well, I, I used to do it too. So. Oh, not to okay. that level, so then you but... know. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So then you kind of know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's to the point here. I'm not going to watch stock car racing, which I quit that a while ago when they put Toyota into the league. But after the Bubba Wallace shit, mm -hmm. not going to watch that. No more NASCAR. No more MLB. I never cared for basketball. Fuck soccer. Bring on the Bulls. <laughs> Might as well, right? Uh all right. Go ahead. Um, I got one last video that I wanted to get your take on here. And, uh, I mean, I see just simp beyond simp beyond simp off of this. But I wanted to get your take on this. So, a uh, TikTok video that I pulled off of Twitter raises mm -hmm. the age-old question of what happens 
when your girlfriend decides that she wants an OnlyFans. Let's get that up here so we can go and see what we have here. And let's play the video. Hey babe, so I've made a decision. I want to start an OnlyFans. What do you think? Knew this day was coming one day. Take a seat. I literally just have like one question. What? Do you need me to hold the camera? <laughs> do you need me like better lights upstairs? Like what do you need? Oh my god, me? I thought you were gonna say no. Babe, it's not my it's not my body. It's yours. We're married, but I'm just I'm I support you. That's all I do. So that means if that's what you wanna do, then go ahead and do it. And uh I better get a car out of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go first. Well, um, we can tell that that guy is uh, very much, uh, what's the word, whipped, I guess. <laughs> um, there is no, I mean, if that's something that, that people want to do, like, like, and they, they have that in their relationship, whatever, that's fine. But it's so funny to me when you see, like, just so much of a one-sided conversation there. You see so much of a, um, <laughs> like, just, here's what I'm going to do. And, like, he already knew, like, you could already tell he was braced for, I can't disagree with her. Like, mm -hmm. um, and if I do, I'm going to be, like, a misogynist and all this other stuff. And that's just, that's just what, <laughs> like you said, that's the simp culture. That's yeah. what they've been accustomed to. So. Well, I mean, just to look at this, this is, uh... For me, this right now, first off, men, millennial men especially, take control of your woman. Now, yes, I understand equality in the partnership and everything off of this. And, you know, this, for some people, this has been a hard trying time to go out and get jobs, especially over the past. I mean, OnlyFans membership has gone up extraordinarily since COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Since everybody's sitting back at home and nobody can go to work, even though I actually never met anybody that's furloughed oddly enough everybody i know has gone to work every day throughout all of this whatever uh whatever specific uh precautions they need to take everybody that i know has gone to work throughout this entire thing i actually do know a couple people one's a comedian um that that uh worked on a lot of uh cruise ships um and uh and then also worked in clubs and he went from making, uh, I guess, around you know eighty thousand a year to zero, and with his type of work, um, unfortunately, you know, you don't get a lot of assistance from from the government because you're not directly employed by somebody. Those are all contract jobs. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, he he had he took it really hard um, yeah. when it happened. Uh, and then I know someone um, from the airline industry that was also laid off. So, yeah, that's. Uh... I mean, the other thing of that, too, is, I mean, I see, you know, I like pretty girls. I've always been a guy that chases women. That's been something that's been in my life for pretty much my entire life. Mm -hmm. I am in a relationship now, but, you know, I still have the Instagram. I still follow everybody that I used to follow before that. And I know who has the OnlyFans, who doesn't, who has the boyfriend, who doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, it is. These people are, well, I'm in an open relationship. I could do this. My boyfriend supports me off of this. Well, you know, that's good for you. 
That's, I mean, enjoy the freedom, I guess. But that shit's not going down in my house. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. One girl and, I dated tried. And and to, I feel that's completely fair. Like, you know, again, I can't, I can't make fun of the guy in the video. Like, if that's really how he feels mm-hmm. and that's what he wants, like some, you know, some, you know, somebody to essentially just tell him what, what's going to be. And he, you know, he accepts it. Um, you know, that being said, I don't think that's the healthiest way to live because I, I feel like that, that woman's probably eventually going to get bored of him, especially in a few years when she's, you know, having fun and he's just well, still sitting there. showered like, with attention too. Mm-hmm. Think of the attention that he's going to have to pull up to try and compete with these people that are throwing dollars at her everywhere. And, and he's not going to be able to. No way. So, yeah, that's what I had on that one. Uh, it was good to get a different kind of take off of that. I kind of enjoyed that. Well, let's check in with the live chat here. All right. Um, we'll do that. I uh, will... Uh, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I used to do on Ed's World, too, for you for the close here. And when you're doing that, I'll hit the live chats here. But uh, let's check the live chat one last time. So I put the Discord in, so I hope that you guys will come in and join me over there in the Discord. That's uh, always awesome, and we can carry the conversation over there. Uh, let's see, coming back up here. Mm, Harvey said, in the same way people are willing to quickly burn down a city, was the last one we had here. Watching trains go by, says matches and lighters should require an FBI background check at this Excuse me, at this point. Libs complain about bang-bang ownership. They turn everything into a weapon. That's... Uh, I don't want to give the FBI more power. They have too much already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sparta says dystopia is the official theme of 2020. Um, watching trains go by says if the players are paid to be there, they can inject their politics. Or I'm sorry, if the players that are paid to be there can inject their politics as paying customers, how come we can't express our politics or protest while they're, while we're there? Yeah, we saw that boo over in Kansas City this weekend. I enjoyed that very much. I did too. <laughs> I did too. Uh, Nephilim Ninja says he's a pimp. Watching trains go by says beta, but thanks for letting her go to it. <laughs> and he says, what is OnlyFans? Uh, Elephant Man says, I had four weeks off in April. Miami 1984 says, Ed knows nobody furloughed because Wisconsin is awesome. Um, Elephant Man says, as soon as the orders started to pile up, they pulled us back with mandatory overtime. Um, watching trains go by says that's the stuff you're supposed to get out of your system before making a commitment uh, Miami 1984 says what does she look like uh, we saw that right at the beginning of the video she's I mean she's not bad looking um, and Italian G 147 is going to get last word today and he's gonna say hey hey which means I think he's just uh, popping in right now and hopefully that you'll stick around for next time so uh, we can see you in Contemporary in the mornings and the Red Dead Show regularly at 5.30 on Monday nights. But that is going to be... Oh, uh, Italian G says nice shirt, by the way. That's going to be it for the live chat here. Let's uh, go ahead and get on out of here. So the last thing I used to ask on Ed's World, and I'm going to do this because you're a guest here, is to tell me a little bit more about yourself. Tell me a bit about a hobby that you have that has nothing to do with work or politics. It could be a game that you're playing, uh, some gardening that you're doing, an instrument you picked up, just something that helps you unwind when you're not going out and making money. And I'm gonna hit the DLive chest for you guys working on DLive. All right. Well, the one thing I, I actually still enjoy doing and um, 
unfortunately, COVID has kind of put a stop to this uh, for the time being. But um, DeSantis, I live in Florida, DeSantis is uh, reopening uh, bars. So maybe it'll go back. But I do like doing karaoke. Um, and then I find out that Twitch Sings is ending at the end of the year. So hopefully I can get some Twitch Sings time in before that. Oh, that's um, lame. I just, I just got that, too. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's ending uh, December thirty first. Um, so, so I'm hoping to get some. I'm hoping to get some of that in uh, before the end of the year. But um, yeah, that's something I really enjoy doing. Uh, you know, um, having a little fun on uh, Twitch. Um, uh, we drink a little bit on stream. Not not a lot. We stay within the TOS, but we drink a little bit on stream, sing some songs, and uh, you know, have a good time. So that is something I enjoy doing. All right, we are going to head on out of here. Thanks to everybody who came by and chatted, even through all of the difficulties that Sp uh, Spectrum put up on us for the night here. Thanks, everybody, for uh, stopping by. If you want to continue the conversation with me, you can find me over on Twitter. That is at EsBlockTwitter with a one in place of the eye or a host of other links that are in the descriptions below you. If you want to finish the conversation with my guest, you can find him. You are in my Discord. I am. You can mm -hmm. find him there, or you can find him where he's about to tell you you can find him. I'm at twitch.tv uh, backslash silentcaster. My website is silentcaster.com, and um, uh, I also have a YouTube, and uh, I know you guys are going to be surprised at my YouTube name. It's also silentcaster, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just do gaming stuff on YouTube, so... And that is Silentcaster with a K for those of you listening back on the audio platforms as well, which you can do if you are just catching up with us now. You can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. Or you can check us out on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and Spotify, our newest addition to that as well. So go back over there, check us out. I will be catching back up on the audio platform because I actually just got it open back up. And make sure that every audio platform is back up and all the episodes are back. So head on over there and check us out in any of those platforms. Lastly, you can find us over on freedomscoop.com where you can find the generational gap. The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Breckles and Brit Show, The Already Conservative, and Stephen Ignoramus's show, Call Me Ignorant, which I will be doing in 23 minutes as soon as I get up off of this stream. So come on over and check me out over there. We'll be talking about a lot more Kenosha because that's going to be the theme of the show. So looking forward to seeing you all over there. Uh, lastly, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Kevin. Lead us out with the last word. You guys have an excellent morning because it is always morning here. And uh, thanks for watching. Uh, stay informed, stay safe, and uh, have fun. Take care, everyone.